well. Ho, 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 ho. It's that time of year. It's December. And we're back. Back to business. First interview with a guest since October. Uh, I want to thank everybody for um, riding that uh, trail of thankfulness last month. It was nice to be able to tell all these people and uh, talk about all these things that I'm the most thankful for. But here we are. We are back. Um, and I really enjoyed having this guest. Uh, I brought on my friend Kira Richardson. Um, we've known each other for a very long time. We used to work together. We've hung out. We've been friends. Um, I've talked about her on the show before about how she's uh, helped me in ways of like introducing me to BetterHelp.com. We've talked about this. We've talked about that. Um, and she's she's really helped me. And she's really it it's this conversation that we had. Uh, it went a little longer than I have with most of my guests. Um, because with some some guests, you just have that rapport, you have that comfortability uh, that you just you just talk, you know, and, um, and that's the amazing thing uh, is that we have that ability to just have a conversation. And I didn't really have to say anything. She did all most of the talking, and she had a lot to unload. And like I didn't find out till afterwards. That there was still so much so we are definitely going to be bringing her back on but for this show i think you'll really enjoy it because we talked a lot we talked about her childhood we talked about being a mom her uh, her relationship with her parents um well her mom her relationship with her mom and how she her dad's death we talked about uh, relationships we talked about um her being a nurse in the time of covid how she's doing with all that um we talk about we talk about a lot of things uh and i it's it was fun it was definitely interesting and i learned so much about her and uh i'm kind of and i'm really glad that we did this so so without further ado let's get in kira's head <laughs> drinking game oh my god i believe it well <laughs> that's like i'm one of those people i can't handle like noises like that like chewing noises like the asmr that everybody loves mm. i'm like Ugh. i can't stand it can't do it uh, well you know i have my own tendencies during the show to where i notice that i start whenever i have no idea what the hell i'm gonna say it's like um 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 i don't fucking <laughs> plan this shit out. out yeah you would think that i would but i'm but so fucking lazy I mean, about it i had fine. one episode where i had to edit something out because there was a pending case yeah i'll have to tell you after i'm not recording <laughs> oh you're recording <laughs> yes <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> i did warn you that i was going to do that well you did okay, okay. so kira how are you dear Living the dream, Shan. 
All right, so as somebody that's listened to the show, you know how this works. Um, let's start off from the beginning. How was the childhood for <laughs> Kira? Uh, not the best, but not the worst. Um, so my dad was a type 1 diabetic, um, so that brings its own challenges, and he did not control it very well. He didn't really give a shit enough to take care of himself. <clears throat> And he was also an alcoholic. And alcohol is pure sugar, right? So mm-hmm. uh, his sugars would get really high, and then they would drop because alcohol metabolizes out of your system fairly quickly. Um, so he would drop. And then when he would drop, he would get really angry, which is common. And so he and my mom fought a lot. And it was a 50-50 shot, whether it was physical or not. Mm. Uh so, and that happened in front of us a lot. Um, so it was kind of like the norm. Like, I remember vividly one time my mom called the cops, because she always did. Um, and he, they handcuffed him to the computer chair. And I was, like, bawling, because I was, like, six. And he's like, it's okay, it's okay. And he, was, he looked to the officer, and he was like, can you, like, take these off me? I'm not going to hit my daughter. And they did, because it was the 90s, so. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, he never did, he never did touch us girls. He never got even mad at us, even when we were little shits. He was not like that to his daughters. But, uh, my mom, on the other hand, is different. But my mom's a badass bitch, and she took care of herself and would beat the shit out of him back. So, I mean... Give and take, I suppose. Right. <laughs> so that was the start of it. Um, and then we moved to Florida, hoping for a new beginning, right? Right. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it didn't stop. So down there, I'll kind of like condense it a little bit, I think. Uh, one time I found him in a ditch. Uh, with a bottle by him down the street from our house. I was riding my bike around the neighborhood. As you do, yeah. 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 And I was like, Dad, you wreck? You good? He's like, yeah, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Just just keep riding, go on. Took another lap, and he was gone by then. Uh, So there was that one. And then my mom and my dad, my mom had to go pick him up from a bar. And they were driving home and arguing, and me and my sister were in the back. And my dad got mad and jumped out of the moving car, and he did not jump far enough, and my mom ran over him. Oh, oh, fuck. So the car behind us called the police, <clears throat> and they the ambulance came and was tending to my dad. They handcuffed my mom and put her in a car and left me and my sister, who were nine and five at the time just chilling in the car in the middle of a florida summer <laughs> oh gotta love those old old times yeah yeah so it was kind of hot um and then i was about to pee my pants and i'm like crying and i was like begging the police i was like hey man we live just a block away i have got to go to the bathroom he's like you can't squat i'm like I am a lady! <laughs> so they finally let us go home. and But he followed and he finished the interview there. And then he interviewed us, which I don't 
is that appropriate to... without a guardian i, don't I mean think she it... was there mom yeah. was there but we were nine and five it's <laughs> around that time there's a lot of questionable like laws yeah so i mean me sure but i don't know about my five-year-old sister i don't know about that one either anyways so that was fun um and then it got so bad um they're fighting and stuff that my mom packed us up while we were sleeping threw some things in a u-haul and packed us in the u-haul at one o'clock in the morning while my dad was somewhere and drove us back to missouri so after that <laughs> my dad would write letters and call because it was the 90s mm -hmm. still wrote letters in the 90s um not early 2000s and my mom wouldn't return his calls wouldn't return his letters and we found out in early December that he had died down in Florida. So his dad uh, lived down there. And my mom, when we left, I guess she made a pact with him that said, hey, go and check on him a couple times a day at least and make sure he's doing okay. Well, he didn't check on him for like two weeks. And so um, I think they found him after it had been six days something like that wow yeah so and we can't prove it because he technically died of diabetic ketoacidosis mm -hmm. um so his sugar got too high it caused issues in his blood and everything like that so that's what he technically died of but we're pretty sure he killed himself we're pretty sure he quit taking his insulin and just He's like he just drank gave up. and drank and drank and drank until his sugars reached such a high level that it was there was no turning back without him going to a hospital. Right. So that's what we're pretty sure happened because my mom wasn't speaking to him and he just thought he'd never get to see his family again. So, well, we can't prove it. <laughs> so there's that. And then after. We came back to Missouri. Mom had to start working like overtime because she was the only income now. And so at 10 years old, I basically had to become my sister's mom because my mom was always gone. She'd leave for work around three in the morning and wouldn't be back till like dinner time ish. And then she'd make dinner and then go to bed at like six or seven because she'd have to be up. So I was raising my little sister at 10 years old <laughs> what's going on in your head with with all this like how are you handling all this do you remember like at the time yeah i just went from day to day with it i remember thinking being like upset that i wasn't able to go do things with my friends when they would go hang out because i had to stay home and watch my sister um, but at the time, I mean, that's just how life was. It's just what we did. So mm -hmm. it wasn't anything different yeah. for me. Yeah, it was <clears throat> a much different time back in those yeah. days. Yeah. People didn't think twice about leaving their 10 year old <laughs> with a six year old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just. I mean, I was a mature 10 year old for sure, though. Like, I was responsible. I was cooking dinner, I was cleaning the house. Like, 
it wasn't like it was safe even looking back like it was okay however like today's day <laughs> like no way because people are weird oh yeah <laughs> i i definitely agree um there's like uh, there was no way I'd leave Aiden home by himself <laughs> to take care of Grayson. Yeah. You know, he, they're 10 and 8, so I'm like, yeah. no. Well, like, John sometimes, like, if he runs to the store or something, he'll leave Andrew, who's 12, home with James. And mm -hmm. his sister lives right across the street, and he'll be like, hey, go check on him every now and then. But, like, he told me that the other day, and I was like, um, can we not do that? <laughs> because he just, like... Andrew plays Fortnite all the time. Like, that's, you know, that's the thing with kids now. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, that's, like, what this kid eats, sleeps, and breathes. Obsessed. Like, swear to God, he does not do anything else. <laughs> so I'm like, I know my kid's not being watched. He could just, like, walk out the door to go see Soph, and then someone could just drive by and pick him up. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm like, let's just, let's just not do that. So, I don't think he does anymore, because after I said something this last time, he was like, Meg went over and got him. <laughs> I was like, okay, because no. <laughs> okay, so, you're 10 years old, mm -hmm. you're watching your sister, your mom's working all these hours, your dad has died. Mm -hmm. Where does life go from there? Um... I mean, it's pretty much just coasting through until high school. And junior year, we moved to Cameron. Good old small town Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> and I was not born and raised here, so I was not really accepted. Um, yeah. Because everybody already knew everybody. Yeah. Had their cliques formed from like fucking kindergarten. Yeah. So I I was just kind of the outsider. And my mom had moved here her junior year of high school. And so she kind of knew it, all of the people that I went to high school's parents. And she still was in contact with some of them. And of course, when you're the new girl and you're, I don't even know, I didn't consider myself attractive in high school, but I don't know. Everybody's awkward in high school. Um, this is true. Rumors flew. You know what I mean? Like mm. there was there was a rumor one time that I hooked up with the whole football team, and I was like, "One of them's my cousin." What do you even mean? You must have been really tired. I'm <laughs> telling you, and I'm just like, "What on earth?" And so this all got back to my mom, and at this point, I was still a virgin. Like I was awkward, and I was a band geek. I read all the time. I took college classes. Like, I was a nerd. And she got mad at me for something one day. And she was like, well, Jesus Christ, Kira, if you weren't such a fucking slut and would get your head out of your ass. And I was like 15 years old. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, my mom just called me. Like, what? Um, and then she'd always make comments about my weight all the time. And like, even looking back on my senior pictures, I'm like, I was not fat. I was not skinny, but I was not fat at all. No. I wouldn't even consider myself overweight. No. In my senior pictures. And so, but she would always, always, always make comments about my weight. And I'm just like, what the fuck? 
and I remember I'm kind of jumping around here a little bit. It's it's fine. This sh the show's always been pure chaos. That's that's very true. Um, <laughs> I remember one time my nieces and nephew had come over, and they were like tearing my shit up, like just going through all my stuff and like ripping apart pieces of papers that they would find that were like letters from my friends and stuff. And I went downstairs and I was like, Mom, can you like do something they're tearing my shit up and she was like oh my god kira just get over it and i was like oh that's right i forgot you don't care if it's not yours she slapped me across the face in front of god and everybody like slapped me so hard i fell over and uh yeah and she was i would i feel like i was always held to a higher standard with her because you're the oldest i mean i am but i'm not so she has three other children from her first marriage okay um, they are roughly 10 years older than me, 10 to 20, my older, no, okay, 10 to teens ish. So my oldest sister is 40 and I'm 27 and then from 40, it goes to 36 and then 35. So eight years from the youngest one. Mm -hmm. So pretty much oldest in the second the batch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was always treated like the oldest. So like. The second I turned 15, I was expected to get a job and start paying for my car insurance and my phone and this and that. And I had to buy everything from my own prom and homecoming. I had to buy my senior pictures. I had to buy, you know, all that stuff that seniors get and like everything for high school. Um, if I wanted new clothes, I had to buy them. And then it came my sister's turn because we're five years apart. So she came a freshman the year after I graduated. Mm hmm um and she got everything she wanted <laughs> she she got a car to this day she's 23 yeah 23 my mom still pays her car insurance she still pays her phone bill she still pays whatever the fuck she wants her to pay she got student loans for her i always had to do my own student loans <clears throat> i'm just like hmm <laughs> hmm is there any like resentment or have you 100%. talked to your is there have you talked to your sister about this or talked oh, to yeah. your mom about it oh yeah so they know oh yeah i mean the whole family knows because it's not just me it's the older ones now too because i mean we were all held to a different standard than she is still being held and it's i think it irks us the most because she treats our mom like shit she is so mean she so for example my mom got fired from her job that she was at for 20 years because of a stupid decision she made and she cashed out her retirement it was like 100k oh okay so instead of being smart and living off that or stashing it away mm -hmm. she blew it and spent almost all of it on taking my little sister to California. And she took my niece at the last minute too, um, but mainly my sister. Didn't offer to take anybody else, didn't offer, didn't even tell anybody. And then my mom has always wanted to rent a Corvette and drive up and down the Pacific, Pacific Coast Highway, right? Everybody's dream, whatever. That's an interesting dream for people that 
have well, she nothing... grew up with like like the Beach Boys, where that was oh, like okay. their, yeah. their thing, bad, where they, yeah. you know, drive down the coast with the wind in your hair and the top, you know, whatever. Seems like a bad idea, but whatever. I mean, she's sixty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. So, took her there, and they spent the whole time eating and shopping. They didn't do anything that my mom wanted. She was like, Taylor, we rented this Mustang convertible. Can we just go drive down the coast? That's what I really want to do. And she was like, um, no, we're going to go shopping on Rodeo. Like they spent thousands of dollars just doing whatever the hell my sister wanted to do, even though it wasn't her money. She's like very narcissistic and very, it's my way or the highway kind of thing. Probably because she had a 10-year-old raising her mm-hmm. who didn't really have any disciplinary authority. Right. So. Uh, she's also, she'll always tell my mom that she's a piece of crap and just very, she's very just mean. And my mom still just gives her whatever the hell she wants. And it's trickled down to the grandkids. So my mom does not like my son. She, he, he is a very wild five-year-old boy. (laughs) As most five-year-olds are. Very wild. (laughs) Like, oh, this kid. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen it firsthand. It is quite the experience. He's something else, this child. Well, I guess she expects him to sit on the couch and do a whole lot of nothing. So anytime he gets, like, within, like, two feet of her... She's, like, screaming at him to go away and this and that, like, doesn't want anything to do with him. Yells at him when he's like, hey, Grandma, and, like, trying to show her something. Yells at him to leave her alone. But then, flip side, my sister's kid is her favorite. Like, she will call my sister. My sister lives in Des Moines now. Mm -hmm. She'll call my sister and ask to have Maggie for, like, a week at a time, like, buy everything for her, buy new clothes every time she comes down, do this, do that, and, like, always wants her around. FaceTimes her every day. Like, all that. And then I remember one time, I think last year, we went shopping because I had to get some clothes for James's birthday or Christmas or something, and my older sister, Nicole, was with us. She got some stuff for her kids, and she got some stuff for James because it had just been his birthday. And... Mom just got a whole bunch of shit for Maggie. I was like, hmm. Hmm. Okay. It's just like, I mean, she has her favorites, and it's always been very obvious to all four of us that who it is. And it's annoying, but I feel like she's hardest on me. Because she, we were talking to James the other day, or I was talking to her and talking about how, like, frustrating it is to have split households at the time, like, between me and John for James. Mm -hmm. Because John has a completely different set of rules than I do. I'm far more strict with how my house is, as opposed to his. He just... He's very laissez-faire, like, okay, don't do things you're not supposed to, I'll smack your butt. But, you know, he's very more lax with what he says is okay. And so it's usually, like, the Monday I get him back, so we do every other week. He's 
crazy. And it takes like a whole day to get him back to where I need him to be. And I was telling my mom, I was like, well, it'll be different when he starts school in August. He'll be here full time. And she was like, what do you mean? What's in August? I said, we'll start kindergarten. What do you mean? And James piped in and he was like, kindergarten, is that where everybody starts? And I was like, yeah, that's where everybody starts. But he's like, well, then how long do I have to go? I said, you'll go all the way up to grade 12. I said, and then you can go to college if you want to, but you don't have to. He said, well, what's college? I said, well, it's like adult school. I said, you remember when mommy was in school a few months ago? That's college. And my, my mom was like, yeah, don't wait until you screw your life up and then go, because then you're 27 and you're just graduating. And I said, but I fucking graduated, didn't I? Of the whole five kids that you have, I'm, I fucking graduated, didn't I? With a kid. Had a kid in the middle of the semester graduated like don't come for me like that she's I just feel like I'll never be enough to impress her does that um is that something that do you use that as fuel mm -hmm. for everything that you do mm -hmm. now like to be a better mom mm -hmm. than her to achieve more absolutely I just had a I had a meeting with a financial advisor today and they were like, well, what's your drive? What's your goals? And I was like, well, I want to be set for my retirement because I don't want to be like my mom, 60 years old, working full time, depending on my full time income with no chance of retirement in sight because she blew it all. It's like, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't want to be like her in any aspect because she's still very condescending, very thinks that she's better than everybody and not something I want to be. I don't think that you, you could ever be that way. Because <laughs> as long as I've known you since me and you met whenever you started working at the store, um, I've seen you grow, not just as, you know, like, as a woman, which... It's not weird. You met me when I was 19. That's legal. No, I met you... I started when I was 19. Were, I thought you were younger than that. After high school. I thought you were in high school. Mm -mm. In high school, I worked at Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah, that's right. That After high right. school, I started there. But no, uh, what you I... might have been 18. Still I meant... What I meant was <laughs> I've seen you grow not just as a as a woman, like, as in, like, you went from one end of the extreme to the other where you have i've seen you be like a complete nerd <laughs> to now you're yeah. more of a up in your face and you have no problem standing up for yourself <laughs> yeah and i've seen you go from being a single female and in relationships and like but that'll be something that we talk about yeah. here shortly to being a single mom mm -hmm. who is rocking it despite all those times <laughs> that you think that you're not so every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um well speaking since we're already on the subject of you being a mom how, whenever you were when you found out you were pregnant what went through your brain <laughs> so uh i had a pretty toxic relationship with his dad uh, we were very on and off. Um, he was always talking to other females and then realizing that those females would never own up to what I am. Not to be cocky, but, 
I mean, I'm, I'm good to my partners. And he would realize that they don't treat him like I do. He'd come crawling back and I'd let him because I was 19. And, um, and we all are. Just idiotic. <laughs> um, and we had just broken up on that Wednesday. No, that Saturday. Um, because he had gone to a party and wanted to go home with another girl. And I was like, okay, nope, we're done. And I had no inkling. And I went to the woman doctor <laughs> uh, to get back on birth control because I had a lapse um, where I had quit one job and started another. And it was a month before my insurance kicked in. And, of course, that's when my birth control ran out. Of course. So I was off of it for a month, right? Went to get back, and she was like, well, have you been being careful? And I was like, you know not really. I was like, I mean, sometimes, sometimes not. And she's like, okay, well, we'll just do a blood test just to make extra sure. She said, we'll skip straight over the urine test. I said, okay, sure. And she said, we'll call you with the results. And I was like, okay. Well, I didn't hear anything from them that day. And it was like noon the next day. It was a Wednesday. Um, and I still hadn't heard from him. So I called and I was like, hey, yeah, I was just wondering about my test results. Usually no call means negative, but I just wanted to be sure this is kind of a a thing you know it's kind of an important thing and they were like oh yeah your hcg levels are this and this so you are currently pregnant and i just blanked right there complete i didn't hear the rest of her conversation i just stood and stared at my printer because that was the closest thing to me <laughs> and she's like do you want to set up an appointment um hello do you want to set up an appointment and i was like oh uh yeah set it up for like a few weeks from then and then she said congratulations I said okay <laughs> <laughs> I hung up the phone and I bawled my eyes out and I was living with my mom because John and I had just broken up on that Saturday so I was staying with her and she was smoking on the back porch and I had grabbed my keys because I was going to go straight over to John's house and she could tell that I'd been crying, and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, uh, nothing, I'm just going to the bank real quick. And I got in my car and drove over there, and the second he opened the door, I just started crying again. And he was like, what the fuck are you doing here, Kira? And I was like, um, well, and it took me, like, a good five minutes to, like, choke out the words and he was like are you fucking kidding me i said does it look like i'm fucking kidding you like, world's best actress right now i said well yeah no you're not a good liar you're not he's like are you sure sure i said i didn't even do a pee test man this is blood levels like there's no faking this and he was like and you're sure i'm the dad i'm like you fucking idiot we broke up three days ago what do you mean I said, you're the cheater, not me. He was like, okay, okay. So my whole pregnancy was like a whole, whole thing. <sighs> because, you know, pregnancy hormones, right? Mm -hmm. And he just would play with me the whole time. So he was talking to that girl at mm -hmm. the very beginning of it, right? Well, that didn't work out, obviously. Right. So then, Kira, I just want my family back. I, I just want to do this, blah, 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 blah. So we'd like start hanging out and like trying it again for like a week or two and then i'd hit him with the so what are we doing here well then he'd freak out you know i, I don't want a relationship blah 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 so then i'd be like nope 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 peace out and then he'd go talking to somebody else 
that would last a few weeks and then I mean it was a whole thing the whole nine months he actually had a girlfriend when I delivered James he was there though I remember this yeah. conversation that you told me about this yeah she wasn't happy but he was there um yeah that obviously. had been awkward for her she was at home he was texting her up until the time I was pushing because <laughs> he had to grab my leg <laughs> um yeah she was pissy but it's like that's you didn't kid, care man. right yeah i mean i didn't really give a shit that he was there like it wasn't i didn't need him there i had my sister and my mom it's like but that's that's his kid too it's half him he can be there if he wants to be right and he wanted to be so i mean he left and he'd come back I don't think he came back every day. Um, I think he came back like twice. James had jaundice, so he had to be in the nursery um, for like 24 hours under those lights mm -hmm. and getting that special formula that helps flush his liver out. <clears throat> and that was really hard because I just, they, so li at Liberty, they let you stay. They don't charge you. They'll have you do the two days that you need to unless right. there's complications. But if your kid is still needing to be kept, they'll let you stay if nobody else needs that room and they won't charge you. So I was staying there. And my kid is sick in the NICU and I'm like bawling because I'm there by myself and like hardly anybody visited me <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> I'm like dealing with all this by myself. And I mean, even at the time, I know jaundice is not a big thing, but you know, first time mom Fresh and you're going delivery. Yeah. my hormones are crazy so i'm like bawling hysterical in the freaking nursery and the nurses are like it's okay i'm like i know but still you know so yeah and then i came home and he would come over like every day after work and stay for like 30 minutes with james and then he'd go to his girlfriends and then of course they broke up because they always do <laughs> uh, and then i moved to blue springs because my brother and his fiance at the time offered me to be their live-in nanny so i could have their basement which was huge so i had like my own bedroom area living room area had my own bathroom so i had that area free of charge and they would pay me X amount of dollars to watch their kid. Mm -hmm. So, new mom, that's like perfect. Right. So, yeah. of course, I did it. And then I offered him to have him every weekend. And he was like, Well, I need me time, Kira. I can't just have a kid every weekend. I'm like, You're 27. Like, you have five days of quote unquote me time. So you you just want to see your kid four days a month? That's fine with me. I don't really care. And then half the time he would give him to his sister anyways and still go out. And I'm like, mm. okay. <laughs> so fast forward like a year. We got back together. We were together for like a year and a half talking about like marriage and like moving to Florida and like starting a life down there. And then this new girl starts at work at his work. 
and she's like blowing his phone up all the time like always texting him always snapchatting him and I was like hey I mean I don't because I I had told myself I, it would be that different this time and I would trust him and he would be it would be fine and it was up until she started and I was like hey I know like I don't think anything's going on but this is excessive and I don't really like it. It makes me uncomfortable. He's like, okay, well, you know, I'll tell her back off a little bit. Well, what he did was he turned off his notifications. It's like his phone would still light up, but it wouldn't like pop up with like, Mm -hmm. whether it was a text or a Snapchat or anything. And I didn't go through his phone because I wasn't going to do that. But I knew. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously. Yeah, you're not dumb. I'm not an idiot. (laughs) Um, And so I just ignored it. I was like, okay, well, he either will or he won't. I mean, and I was sleeping in bed with our kiddo in the next room, and his friend's girlfriend called me at 5 a.m., and I was like, hello? She was like, uh, I just want you to know that your man is in bed with somebody else, and I was like, huh? Yeah, like, I'm sorry, what? Just, um, come again? And uh, she was like, well, he, we're at my house, and I just got home from work, and my man is in bed with some girl, and I smashed up his shit. I smashed his TV. I smashed the door. And she said, I checked the other room, and your man's in bed with somebody. I said, oh, hell no. <laughs> so I packed my kid up in the car, and I went over there, and I walked in, and sure as shit, I said, who the fuck is this? Because this girl had doctored her Facebook pics so bad that i did not recognize her when i saw her in person seeing it so this is why i hate filters (laughs) i was like who the fuck is that and he said kira you know who that is and i was like that's fucking april you've got to be shitting me dude she looked like mountain troll (laughs) there's i just And I'm not even saying that as the bitter ex. Like, I just, I, to this day, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. Like, golly, I'm not a supermodel, but Jesus Christ. Anyways, I said, we can talk about this or we're done. He said, well, I'm not fucking talking to you right now. I said, okay, I'll be out in the next week. And that was it. And that's been it. And he's wanted me back a few times, like, since then. But I'm like, man, I can forgive a lot, and I have forgiven a lot, Mm -hmm. but I can't forgive walking in on you in bed with somebody else. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah, that's... So I, it's, that, that was it, and that was three years ago, two years ago, two years ago, three, I don't know. Maybe it's been three. Something like that, yeah. I think as of September, it was three years. Yeah. So, yeah. So, would you say that dating <laughs> has been great for you? Not in, in the, the most sarcastic form possible. Not in the least. <laughs> dating these days sucks. I agree. It Truly does. Truly and honestly. Like, back when I lived in Blue Springs, I did the Tinder thing because my young and single no kid having friends talked me into it and 
I, looking back, I'm pretty sure I developed some pretty good uh, postpartum depression and I was handling it poorly. And I uh, used Tinder well, Will. We have a phrase on here, and I'm sure you know what it is. Uh, did you go through your hoe phase? 1,000%. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. There's oh, no shame because my, like God. everyone knows that we've... Shannon's gone through it. <laughs> a lot of my other guests have gone I through it. Like it's a thing. Like, I... Oh, my God. I know better than to self-diagnose. I know that's that's not advisable. But However, you've gone through help. Or you've gone through uh, better help. Yeah. So, like, you've gotten a little bit better understanding of yeah. what you were and doing back then, so... I don't know. I don't think therapists can diagnose Well, they can't it really... It has to be a psychiatrist, but yeah. they can give you a she better... she was like, oh, yeah, that's all the signs and symptoms of yeah. both postpartum depression and borderline personality. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine. That's new information. So... <laughs> So the postpartum depression's cleared up, but uh, I'm still dealing with the other one. But I have healthier coping mechanisms now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was quite the summer. But anyways, Tinder sucks. Yes. Unless you just want to do that, which I guess that summer is what I just wanted to do. <laughs> I feel like at at there's no shame, like <laughs> especially if you're just getting out of like a long-term toxic relationship yeah there plus i was in the best shape of my life holy bananas i was dieting i was working out at the gym every two or two hours every single day i remember this and i was breastfeeding so my tatas were <laughs> humongous so i was rocking bod and huge tatas. well so you know, i was using that to my advantage well you're not you're not wrong <laughs> <laughs> so um so you go through the hoe phase. Yeah. Has dating been any easier for you lately? I mean, technically, yes. Before my current partner, no. I would, like, meet people at work at the job that I had. And it would be okay for a little bit, but I would self-sabotage mm -hmm. after a month, maybe two if they were lucky, and I would just find something wrong with them and focus on that. And I would immediately just become unattracted to them. And I mean, not all of them were really nice guys. There was really nothing wrong with them. Um, like in the last mm. year-ish before mm -hmm. my current partner. But it was just, I, I don't know, self-sabotage. Bad. Yeah, I think we both have done that quite a few yeah. times. Yeah. So then... My very best friend of 15 years, we've known each other since 6th grade, he finally broke up with his baby mama because she's trash. Um, like, I'm his best friend, right? Mm -hmm. This girl had no interest in getting to know me at all. She would not even have a conversation with me. Like, I think I FaceTimed him one time, and he had to go run and do something for his dad, and she was there, and he was like, hey, talk to Kira. She hung up. <laughs> and she always treated him like shit like they had a kid and he did everything he was the sole provider he would go to work at night and then come home and be with the baby all day because she would lock herself in the office and quote unquote do schoolwork and then go to bed whenever the hell she wanted to and like not do anything with the kid mm. 
and I guess he finally got, and then, not my business to tell, but I don't think he listens to the show, and I don't think she does either. They didn't have sex for two years. Uh, he didn't tell me that until after. Um, and I was like, how'd you deal with that for two years? Because that's like okay, well, a big part of like my thing. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> sweetheart, mm. you know how he dealt with that for well, two years. Well, I mean, well, that's what I mean. Like, I wouldn't want to do that all the time for two years. Oh, oh my god! First of all, it's it's not. But it's like not something that he had to do. I mean, he wasn't. Oh, I mean, obviously like you don't force himself. You, you don't have obviously right. Yeah, but I'm like, don't... if you have a partner there, how do you deal with them not wanting you for two years? You what? Just, you honestly just Hell have no. to. I think I know in no, I, you don't have to nothing I'd be like peace out like the fuck <laughs> well some people unlike yourself <laughs> it is a need <laughs> or it is one of those where if, if you're in that kind of relationship and you really haven't figured out a way out of it you just kind of do what you have to do to yeah. survive I and... think he just stayed for the kid honestly and, and there's and I it... think it just came to a breaking point and right. he finally left and I was single, and he was single, and that hadn't ever happened. And it just kind of, he was like, hey, you want to, like, go to dinner one time? And let, I mean, we already did that all the time. We right. just went to, like, dinner and movies. Like, that was our thing. But it was never like a romantic like thing. that. Yeah. But then we went that time, and it was just, like, something different. Mm-hmm. And so that was in February, and we're still together. I love how you found love in the middle of an apocalypse. I know. <laughs> Only you would yeah. be able to. Yeah. Yeah. He lives three hours away from me. And I think I almost like it sucks and I hate it so much. But I almost think it's what helps, helps us work. Because, I mean, we, we don't fight because we're best friends. I mean, we've never fought. And it's just not who, it's not our dynamic. Like, we'll play fight all the time, but I don't think we've ever had a serious argument. Well, I mean, you guys have been friends for 15 yeah, years. Yeah, and that, so, like, it makes the he, whole he, dynamic he, different. He, he's seen the worst oh, he's seen, and the best of he's you. He's seen fat Kira. He's seen pregnant Kira. He's seen Kira with John. Like, <laughs> he's seen the worst of the worst. He, he knew middle school Kira before braces. <laughs> When I could fit three nickels between my two front teeth, the gap was so big. <laughs> so I mean, he's 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 seen it all, and and I think that I, I think that's how I think that helps because you get you have that um that kind of romance that you know they write Disney shows about <laughs> they write like yeah. like t- television pilots and shit like that yeah um. So like you have all that, and it, it all that is based off of real life stuff. I mean, people can yeah. f- find, be friends with somebody for like years. I've seen it a lot more lately these days with like the boys, his mom Barb and her and her boyfriend, and uh, you and yours, and like a few mm-hmm. other people. Like it's, it seems to be that's the that's the thing. Yeah, that might be the theme of the year. <laughs> yeah, and he's he does everything right (laughs) he will be driving up from wichita and he he'll be like hey have you eaten and he usually gets in pretty late around like 8 usually 8 p.m and i'm like you know i don't eat that late 
and he'll get up there and instead of picking up food on the way he'll be like so what are we gonna door dash i'm like i'm not hungry and then he'll order something for him but he'll order something extra like some fries or something because you still like he'll be like kira you want to fry i'm like no i already brushed my teeth he's like you know good and goddamn well you want to (laughs) fry get in here and get a goddamn fry (laughs) i'm like okay (laughs) so i don't know it's just he does all the little things you know what i mean it's nice but it's also nice that i don't have somebody up my ass all the time but even like when we're together like we are comfortable enough with each other that we can do our own thing while being together like he can play his video games and i can be next to him reading a book and we're both doing our own things but we're together Mm -hmm. like we can entertain ourselves it's not like when he comes over or i go over there that we feel like we have to entertain one another so that's nice too because i ain't trying to entertain no grown ass (laughs) man Okay. <laughs> well, not really. We're almost 30. Like, are you a fucking man child or what? Like, I'm not well, entertaining you. First of all, no. I'll we're... entertain you in other ways. <laughs> I'm not going to entertain you. Like... We're always man children, just that in a true. different version. <laughs> so it is nice to see happy Kira. Yeah. And not happy to, like, watch, like, people make a fool out of themselves or fall or like if you're mocking somebody while that is always a form of happy kira this version of you is (laughs) probably one of my favorites although i did enjoy pregnant kira why (laughs) well mostly because well since this since this is being recorded they can't see my face but like you (laughs) can't this was the look on your face most of the time stank ass face all the time you had this glare on you that like if you if your look at that time could wipe like could commit genocide like this entire region (laughs) would be fucking dead well now you know why now you know what i was dealing with my entire pregnancy well now i know a lot more about you yeah and like we're not even done with the interview so Mm -mm. (laughs) all right um See here, we did the the childhood, we did the dating, we did the we did the mother. Uh, how have you adjusted to being a mom? I haven't. I still feel like I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. I don't think that's. I think that's everybody. <laughs> like I just I take it day by day, but ninety percent of the time I feel like I don't do enough as a mom. I feel like because I see like other people, and I know I shouldn't compare myself because everybody's different. Everybody's kids are different, but. Right. I mean, you can't help but to. Mm-hmm. But, like, I see all my friends, like, doing, like, fun crafts with their kids or, like, taking them to the zoo or taking them here or taking them there. And I'm like, I don't hardly do any of that shit with my kid. First of all, I'm not creative. I have never been artsy in my life. I was a band geek. Like, I can do music all day, but you want me to put something together? <laughs> crafts? Mm-hmm. I buy the pre-made ones from Michael's for like three bucks and glue them together. <laughs> I mean, my kid loves it though, so that works. But like this, my uh, my peds professor just posted the other day. She had a Harry Potter day with her kids. Her kids are like, I want to say like seven and five or something like that. Something, they're fairly young still. 
she made like butterbeer they had a quidditch tournament in their backyard with like soccer balls like she had them make little robes they made harry potter's birthday cake like they did a whole thing and i was like i don't have that kind of fucking energy <laughs> like what kind of crack are you doing and can i get some please <laughs> like what on earth but I don't know. My kid is just so high energy. He wears me out. And then my job is so hard. I just like all my days off. I just want to sit and do not a goddamn thing. And then I can't do that with him. So like, I mean, we go and we ride bikes and stuff. And that's good enough for him. And I bought him a dirt bike for his birthday. So I mean, he, he gets what he needs and what he wants. But I just I don't know. I feel like I don't I don't do enough as a mom. And I feel like I'm too hard on him. And I expect too much out of him. I feel like I yell at him more than I should, but good lord, this kid's crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you do you feel like though sometimes the that part of you is that genetic part that comes from your mom? Have you thought about that? No, my mom was no. Okay. She just wasn't present. It's not that she was there and didn't give a shit. She just no. Wasn't present. Like I meant like the like the yelling factor, like the trying to get him to calm his ass down no because before i would say before the pandemic hit it's really just been a recent thing oh okay okay so before the pandemic hit i mean it was fine i was able to tolerate a lot more and i was i had more energy to do things and ah the pandemic's just sucked the life out of everybody honestly <laughs> i mean and it for frontline workers it's ugh yeah yeah <laughs> all right well hold that thought okay. before we get into that okay so covid mm -hmm. and it's been hell mm -hmm. all right you're a nurse brand new baby nurse yes so all right how are you doing through all this <laughs> losing my shit so <laughs> Through nursing school, COVID hit in my last semester. We were almost done, and then COVID hit. And so my capstone, which is like where you choose your clinical in the area that you want to work so you can get more experience, um, it was canceled. And so I had gotten five shifts in, and I needed 10, and so I had to do the rest online, and it was really not helpful. <laughs> it was like simulations of like basic shit like one simulation i remember was on compartment syndrome this patient had developed compartment syndrome and i mean you had to figure it out and then you had to fix it all you had to do was loosen the dressing on his leg that was the whole simulation that was it and then it was like you have passed and i was like okay <laughs> super helpful thank you um, so then I graduated in May, uh, and then I started as a graduate nurse before I took my NCLEX to get my license, worked for a month, and then I took my NCLEX and passed, got my RN, and then I did three months of orientation. I finished that in the first week of August. And I've been on my own since, and I work on a progressive care unit. Mm -hmm. It's a step down from the ICU. So we, so like a lot of our 
patients. It's like open hearts, lung surgeries, heart caths um, for people that have heart attacks. Um, like sick people, but not sick enough to go to the unit, but not well enough to be on a regular floor. So, um, did I say the unit? ICU. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that's going to be a thing. It's that's it's just what we say. So I didn't want to go there. I so I had worked at Liberty as a tech for a year before I started as a nurse, and I was afloat as a tech. So I went everywhere. I went to the ER, the ICU, the PCU, which is where I work now, and then I went to all of the regular floors. I knew I didn't want to do any of the regular floors because I'm not, I don't, those people are whiny. <laughs> Can't do it. And I didn't want to go to the ICU because I felt like that was too big of a step fresh out of school. I felt like I would be too overwhelmed. I liked the PCU, but I loved the ER. ER, I mean, you know me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My personality belongs in the ER. And my manager talked me into going to the PCU. He was like, get some floor experience before you develop your bad habits in the ER. Stick it out, and I think you'll really like it. I've literally hated it since the day I started. <sighs> Because I had my choice. I had an interview with my manager and with the ER. I had my choice. They both wanted me. And my manager at the time, my float manager, talked me into going to the PCU. And I, it's not that, I don't feel like the patients are overwhelming. I mean, to a point they are, it's very, very stressful because these people go downhill and they go downhill fast. So... I just, I'm not a floor nurse. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I don't, I, I don't deal with 12 hours of the same whiny ass man child. I had a patient recently who had an open heart and he is the whiniest person I've ever met in my entire life. I'm, and I'm thinking in my head, my 80 year old ladies that go through open heart handle this better than you. And you're fairly young. Why are you? You can't get out of bed because it hurts too much. So I, t I was like, well, you know, the longer you stay in bed, the longer you have to deal with me. Guess who got out of bed? <laughs> <laughs> well, that should say something. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't want to be my patient. I don't put up with whiny bullshit. Um, that's why I belong in the ER. <laughs> but these, like, these people, like with COVID, I, I mean, I have COVID patients. I, I, I have one almost every time that I'm there. One, if not two. And they're sick. They're, I mean, they're sick. Um, I had one, it was my fourth week, still in orientation. Um, you're not supposed to have COVID patients and open heart patients because if an open heart patient gets a, gets COVID, like that's Death sentence, right? bad. It's going to be very, very bad. So you're not supposed to have them in the same shift. So I was the only nurse brand new, still in orientation, who could take COVID patients because nobody else had been tested for the N95 mask because those have to be fit tested to your face so that they seal correctly. Mm -hmm. Nobody else had been fit tested, which was bullshit. 
but we'll get there. <laughs> and then my preceptor, the nurse training me that day, um, was the only one who could take open heart patients because you have to have special training to take care of open heart patients because that's a big fucking surgery. So she had three open heart patients and I had two COVID patients technically by myself because she could not go and see those patients. And she was like overseeing and like obviously answering all my questions and like we were sitting together and she was overseeing what I was doing, but she couldn't go in the rooms. Well, one of them was not doing great. She had really, really, really bad anxiety and just was not doing, she was really nervous about it. She mm-hmm. was working herself up all the time and I was in there having to calm her down all the time. And she started to deset. So normal oxygen saturation in your blood is... 95% or greater for a healthy person. We will take anything above 90, but we like it to be 95. She started to go down to like 88. And normally she'd come back up. She wasn't. I went in there and she's like having a full blown panic attack. I'm like trying to t- talk to her, calm her down, and her sats are just going down and down and down. So I had to call an airway alert, which is like a code blue, but not a code blue, because she was still talking to me and breathing, but she was not protecting her airway and breathing as well as she should have. And she was already maxed out on her oxygen therapy that we could do without intubation. So I had to call an airway and we had to intubate her. And I was in there fourth week, fresh out of nursing school by myself, helping the ER doc intubate this person. So that was basically my introduction to the floor. <laughs> uh, I mean, I handled it like a champ. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, you did everything great. You did everything you should have. You caught it early enough. And, I mean, she recovered. She she went down there for a while, and she recovered. Um, but it's just things like that. And then in the last month, I had a patient who was on just five liters of oxygen, no, 15, 15 liters of oxygen, which is the highest you can go on a nasal cannula. And so like a regular oxygen tubing. And he was at 95%, just chilling, doing just fine. I had him the day before and then I came in the next day. He was still just fine. Well, all of a sudden out of nowhere, he just dropped to 88, which isn't terrible, but it's not where we want it. So by the time I get gowned up, and go in there to check on him. He's down to 68. And I'm like, uh, okay, so this is what we're doing. So I can't do anything because he's already getting everything that I can give him. So I poke my head out in the hallway and I yell to our unit secretary, who's just a couple, his room's just a couple doors down. And uh, I'm like, hey, Belinda, our secretary she's like yeah so okay backstory belinda is like roz from monsters inc okay same voice same mannerisms everything so just keep that in mind so i'm like hey belinda what like hey can you call respiratory for me why can't you do it belinda i'm in a i'm in a isolation room 
What do you need them for? Will you look at the monitor, Belinda? So we have monitors at the desk to where we can keep an eye on everybody's heart rate, heart rhythm, and oxygen saturations at the desk. So mm -hmm. we can keep an eye in real time. So I just look at the monitor. She looks over. Hey, Kira, you know your patient's desatting to 68, right? I'm like, yes, Belinda. Can you call respiratory? I'm already in here. What do you think I need you for? And she's like, oh, whoa, 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 okay. So that was just to add some humor in there because I was just like, oh, my gosh. What do you, what do you think I'm calling you for? So it's just like these people just go down so fast and they just... When they go down, it's like a fucking plane crash. It's awful. But, like, that's that's what we're dealing with. And, like, me, I have a perfectionist personality, as you know. Yeah. I was gonna... <laughs> that was gonna be the next question of... So, I'm not handling this well because I feel like when my patients decline... It's because I did something or I missed something or like, I feel like it's my fault in some way. And it never is like, I know you're not like just, that naive not, to think. Yeah. But. I mean, I don't, it's not because I really think I fucked up. It's just, I take it too personally and it's like really starting to get to me. Like I had to call in, I picked up Monday as an extra shift and I had to call in because I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. So, Tuesday, I came in, and I emailed my boss, and because she's out um, this week, and I emailed her, and I was like, I wanted to wait till you're back, but I can't, and I'm not going to have the guts to do it if I wait. I can't be on this floor anymore. I can't do it. I was like, I don't, I can handle the patients. I really can. I said, it just, I'm taking it too personally. And they're just too sick and it's gonna mess with me more than it should i said but before covid it was it was fine and she's like okay well i know where you want to go and when i get back i'll discuss with the er manager a transfer date she said it will probably be mid to late next month so i'm going to the er where i finally belong and i feel like i mean they deal with more COVID than I do. However, they send them. <laughs> they don't have to sit there and watch them go downhill. They can be like, hey, I see you. Or hey, peace you. Like, send them the fuck off <laughs> and not deal with it. I mean, I know. Like, I've worked in the ER. I've coded people in the ER. I've done compressions. I've watched the traumas. I watched somebody get an emergency operation in the trauma bay. Like, I know what I'm getting myself into. I don't expect it to be tummy aches and headaches. But I like the, that kind of chaos as opposed to the chaos that is happening on my floor. Right. Where it's like no one has your back. You're dealing with these patients that are not doing great and nobody gives a shit but you. In the ER, everybody's there. Everybody's helping. Everybody's all hands on deck. You've got doctors right there, right by you the whole time. Like, I don't know. Plus, I just like everybody down there. And my my personality is just a personality of an ER nurse. Like, there's no other way to put it. I'm not a floor nurse. I'm not going to treat you 
I'm not gonna baby you. I'm gonna tell you exactly how the fuck it is, and sorry if that hurts your feelings. <laughs> Thank God, you're like a little bit of a Karev and um. <laughs> oh shit! What was the uh Korean? Christina. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of Karev and Christina. Without a doubt, except for Karev. I would say outside of his practice. Because Karev was a fucking sweetheart to those kids. Yes. He was completely different. Yes. Outside of, outside outside of peace, you know. <laughs> yes. I, I just, I mean, like, with my open hearts, I'm just like, you, like, we're not, because they come to us before they have the surgery. Mm -hmm. And we do all the education and all the pre-op stuff. And I know at least when I do education, and I've seen other nurses do it. I'm like, I like, I play it up. I'm like, when you watch the video that the surgeon gives you, he sugarcoats the fuck out of it. I said, it's going to be about 10 times worse than he tells you it's going to be on day three. You're going to hate your fucking life. It's like, but get past that day three and keep walking. You'll be fine. I tell them to expect worse than they actually get so that they're prepared. Mm -hmm. I guess not everybody does that because so many of them lately have been so whiny and like oh my god this hurts so bad i just can't move and i'm like well the longer you lay in that bed the worst it's gonna hurt uh you don't get up and walk you're not gonna stretch your muscles you're not gonna loosen the shit that's collecting in your lungs because you had your chest fucking cracked open and then i always throw in and then you have to deal with me longer because they try to keep the same nurse with the same patients so that usually gets them out of bed. I don't know. I just, I just don't baby people. You've never babied people. No. So. How the fuck did I choose nursing? I don't know. <laughs> that was actually going to be the next question, but if you don't know, is we're never going to get that answer. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's how an ER nurse is, though. Well, yeah, that's true. Any. Which is ER. where I wanted to go, and which is where I should have gone. Which is where I'm going. So. There's that. There is that. But this is this is why I don't belong on the floor. I'm not. I don't care. Do what you need to do to get the fuck out of here, so I don't have to listen to you, and you don't have to listen to me. Okay, so everything that you've got. I gone... promise I'm not really an asshole, though. Like oh, my no. patients love me. No, no, they really love my honesty. Like. I have had so many people give me hugs and, like, try to give me cash tips when I discharge them. They're like, you know, you were great. I'm like, eh, I'll literally lose my job if I take that. So uh, put it back in your pocket and buy us some cookies or something. <laughs> but, I mean, my patients love me. But probably because I do, like, quote, unquote, keep it real. I don't, I tell them exactly how it is. I don't, I don't downplay or anything like most people do. Yeah, I will. I will. Like, oh yeah, you're gonna be fine. Oh, you just want to take a break today? Oh, that's okay. I'm like, chess out of bed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like any time that I've ever been in in the emergency, I think the last time I was in an emergency room, I um, I think it was like I had uh, had accidentally OD'd, and I was not <laughs> in the. Of I was not in the best of shape or the best of mind frames. I was a no. You you've seen me be an asshole. Yeah. I was worse than that. Um, my mom Did was. Did you restrain you? 
I don't necessarily, I was in and out. I don't really remember. <laughs> My mom said that there was a lot of times uh, afterwards, she's like, you really need to apologize to the nurses. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> well, I promise we're used to it and we've seen worse. So I was like, yeah, they've been in this store. They know who I am. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, nurses definitely, ER nurses especially, definitely get the shit end of the stick. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... With everything you've gone through with your dad, the mom, your mom, the relationships, pandemic, <laughs> yes. um, where are you mentally? Currently, yeah. not great. Uh, I mean, I was just talking about this last week, or no, yeah, no, Monday. Yeah, yeah. Monday, we were talking about it, because I just, I, it was a bad day. I mean, it was definitely a depressive day. Like, I woke up to my alarm. Or no, I woke up at 5. My alarm goes off at 5.45 for work. I woke up at 5, and I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to get out of bed today. So I called in, and I felt bad about it. I cried because we've been so short, and our floor's been so heavy. It's just been awful. And I knew I was fucking over my nurses. But then... Like, my boyfriend was like, Kira, you know, when those other girls called in, they didn't give two fucks. They did not care. And I was like, you're right. It's like, but still. So it took me three hours to get out of bed. I was in bed until 11. Because I went back to sleep after I called in and cried. Because, you know, after after you cry, you always sleep. Oh, yeah. That's the best thing you ever get. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to bed. I think around, uh, no, probably around 6. It took me a little bit. And then I got up at 8, and I did not get out of bed until 11. And I had to make myself get out of bed. And I washed my face, brushed my teeth, and then I ate something. And I just didn't do really anything the rest of the day. Like, I painted a little bit, I read my book, I watched a bunch of haunting of hill house <laughs> i just didn't do anything and i feel like that's what i needed because between being a mom and being a nurse i don't get a lot of time to just do nothing right and so i finally had a day where i was technically supposed to be at work i didn't have my kid i didn't have any responsibilities except for work and i was like you know what work can wait till tomorrow so, I mean, it's it, that day of not having to worry about anything has helped. I feel like I'm in an, a better place. Plus, having something to look forward to next month with going to the floor that I wanted to be on has helped. Gives me something to look forward to, I guess, like the next goal that I need to reach. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's just heavy. Just heavy. Do you feel like with everything that's gone on in in life and then throwing in a pandemic do you think if the pandemic hadn't started you would be in a much better like place mentally or there's no telling honestly like because i've always been so up and down like some days i clean the house top to bottom like a fucking crackhead with the windows open and blaring music and a great mood and then the next day, I can't get myself out of bed. I mean... Yeah, because 
the yeah. possible borderline yeah. thing without yeah. diagnosing myself yes. without without diagnosing yeah. i mean let's be real here i mean it, I mean, it I would make a lot of sense yeah i mean with i mean i've gone over it with multiple quote-unquote professionals like psych and nurse practitioners and stuff and they're like oh yeah oh yeah but i wouldn't take meds for it anyways and i when i was talking to a therapist it was basically me just saying, oh yeah, everything's fine. So that wasn't really helpful either. But I just kind of deal with it. I mean, I have healthier coping mechanisms now. But so, that, I mean, I'm not going to go to a psychiatrist just to be like, hey, officially diagnose me so we can do absolutely nothing about it. Right. That's, so, that's why I don't go. Yeah. So, I mean, professionals have told me. But right. I know better without, than to self-diagnose. Without that piece of paper yes (laughs) yes as long as that piece of paper is not there yeah it's not real right that's how i view my quote unquote (laughs) diagnosis yeah (laughs) yeah so but you are getting into a much better place yeah i feel like i'm finally reaching goals that i've had for such a long time which also is almost what makes it kind of harder because it's like well now where do i go from here I've where do you the goals i've set for myself where do i go from here where do you want to go i don't know i thought i wanted to go all the way and be a nurse practitioner but i'm like man my sister-in-law just did that and she's 100k in debt like i mean she makes enough money to pay it but do i want to have that much debt i already have 30 and i feel like that's a lot I'm like, do I really want to do that? Plus, I feel like I, I mean, I, I don't like dealing with patients, like bedside, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And nurse practitioners don't really do that. They just come in and say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. Okay, well, we're going to do this and this and then walk out. (laughs) But I feel like I just, I wouldn't like that doing like paperwork all day basically yeah you're not really much of a paperwork kind of a person i can't sit at a desk all day can't do it and no so i i think when james gets a little bit older i'll do like travel nursing and like stay local while he's young obviously i won't move him around the country because jesus christ um and then after i think i'll just travel like, actually travel. Do you have an idea of where you want to go? Mm-mm. I think I'll just stay in the United States first and then look into international contracts. But, I mean, I've always wanted to travel a lot, but I've never wanted, I've never been into the photography thing. I've never right. been a writer. Like, I used to write in journals and stuff, but it was never good enough to do anything with. First of all, they didn't think. Edgar Allan Poe was good, and now look at him. <laughs> no, it. I've never. It's never been like that. So I could never be like a journalist or a photographer or anything. Anything that would like make sense to travel for work. You know what I mean? But I mean, nursing. You can be a nurse anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So. But that's work. Yeah. What about for you? Have you ever thought about just where does Kira want to go as a person? I'm not really sure. I thought I had my whole life figured out, and then I'm I'm realizing recently that I don't want almost any of it. 
Uh, I'm not sure that I ever want to get married. Um, just because I don't want to have to rely on another person. I don't want to have to build a life halfway depending on another person, knowing that anything could happen. We could suddenly have a disagreement and get a divorce, or they could get in a car accident, and, and then I'm just built this life, built half on another person, and I'm fucked. I don't know that I ever want to do that. Yeah, but aren't you... But isn't that a little bit thinking on a more cynicism kind of way? No, I think it's just dependent on what I've been through. Like, my mom having to work two and three jobs because my dad died. Yeah, but isn't this the time of our, our lifetime where old habits... And all that old stuff that we were raised around and learned is, well, is where learning I mean. is like, wrong. Like the whole, my whole life growing up, I always wanted to be, I wanted to be married. I wanted to have the house with the picket fence, mm -hmm. with the wraparound porch. Like I always okay, wanted to do that. First of all, always get the house with the wraparound porch. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> it's the but best parties. See, now I'm like, I don't even know if I want to ever buy a house because I don't know that I ever want to be rooted to one spot. Like I wanna like I've I've looked into like doing like the van thing like or like a bus like converting a bus or getting an RV and living in an RV and just First fucking all, traveling for the rest yes. of my life. That's that's definitely hippie mentality right there. And, and you've always I've, had one. I mean, yeah, to a point, but not like this. Like, even my sister said the other day, she's like, I never imagined you as like this free spirit. Do you think it's no nonsense? badass bitch do you think the, the 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 free spirit thing and wanting to go and and travel is because we are in an era of you can't go anywhere no, without I risk wanted it. i wanted it before Did the you? pandemic yeah Did you want it more now <laughs> no i wouldn't i see i had a i had a trip to the bahamas planned as a graduation present to myself and i could still technically go but i i don't want to do that not right now I mean, it's December, honey. Are going to be well, whenever this. Yeah, my air... trip. My trip was planned for December fourteenth. Well, see, I'm just saying, you know, like this. This episode is going to be airing in December, so like I'm pretty sure that you warm weather is much better than you in the fucking snow. <laughs> I like a cold. I know. I I seen you uh, post something on Facebook about Christmas already, like the Grinch thing. Oh, okay. For one, I'm not one of those people. Please don't be one of those people. No, I, I'm one of those that, like, fucking stop your Christmas shit until fucking December. I tagged my sister in that because she's one of those. Oh, is she? Christmas starts in fucking October, people. Mm. My older sister. Right. She already has all of her Christmas decorations up. They started before fucking Halloween. <laughs> and that... They had that thing that I posted. It was like a Grinch mm -hmm. bedroom. Yeah. But she's got three very large dogs, and she's like, they would eat that. They would eat that shit alive. <laughs> well, one of them's a Great Dane, so. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even taken down my Halloween decorations. I will never take down my Halloween. I'm a fucking spooky bitch. I've, I've got, like, the little bloody handprints on my windows in the bathroom, and I got a Mike Myers decal on that window nice. right over there. So I, I just... have, like, spell books and... <laughs> Like, I'm a spooky fucking bitch. They're just gonna stay up all the time. <laughs> Alright, well, we sh I should probably call this episode. Okay. Alright, so thank you very much for coming on the yeah. show. And uh, 
as I rambled a lot. You, I feel like I talked a lot. I don't ever talk that much ever. I, I actually have a theory that <gasps> whenever you are like whenever I'm interviewing somebody and you have such a great like uh, rapport. Yeah, thank you. Yes. You're welcome. Well, all the head trauma has kind of fucked my head up. You're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whenever you have a rapport with somebody and you're comfortable with somebody, like you can have a conversation. And I, I legit forgot that there was a mic in front of us. I know, and I feel like I don't know. I feel like on all the other episodes I've listened to, you do a lot of the talking, and I feel like you didn't hardly say shit. <laughs> That's my favorite type of interview is whenever I don't have to do anything because um, some people are nervous. Yeah. Uh, with a microphone because like they can talk like oh yeah there'll be no problem I can talk about this I can talk about that and then like you put the microphone in front of them like, or uh... if they know that they're being recorded they get a little nervous where they uh, they don't say half the things that they want to say mm. because they get like very nervous they're like what if I say something like completely wrong completely like stupid Shannon doesn't edit so <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like I don't give a shit like I'm always very careful like to make sure I'd, I don't say anything to where I yeah. can get sued but, yeah. um, or cause problems for people. I mentioned cases, but I don't think, I didn't mention any identifiers, and I don't feel like anybody listening to the show would be able to figure out who the fuck I'm talking about. So, exactly. try me, bitch! <laughs> Alright, well thank you very much for coming on the show, and uh, always an open invite. Thank you. Wow. Like, I've known Kira for a very long time, and I just did not know hardly any of that. And we are pretty close. We talk about a lot of things. Um, but like I said, there was a lot of things that um, I didn't know about her, and there's a lot of things that um, uh, she told me after the episode, or after we uh, shut off the the microphone was that um there's so much more and we're definitely going to have her on again um once the stars align this took us two months to get on or to get her on but we're here like she was here we uh it was like an hour and a half conversation on here but we talked for like i'd say like another like hour afterwards before and after so there's just there's something about that girl that I'm that I love uh she's like you you see you're just hearing her story you could see how much like what is there to love about her she is she's feisty and she's fierce and she is a force she is a storm front she's an oncoming storm that there is literally no way of getting out of the way. She's dedicated. She's a great mom. She's absolutely fantastic. And um, I know she listens to the show because she told me so. So, like, I know she's probably going to be very cringy on this episode because I don't know how some people are about listening to themselves. I know I listen to the show uh, to, like, make notes, mental notes about, like, what not to do, what what not to say um maybe what to to do again so yeah it's been 
like this interview was fun and i'm glad that she came on uh i with as long as this episode is i'm, I'm gonna keep this uh this outro pretty short um I'm telling you right now, there is nothing that I love more in this world, and I and I mentioned it uh, last month on the thankful in one of the thankful episodes. Watching my friends blow up, not like literally, but figuratively, like watching them succeed, watching them achieve everything that they've ever wanted to do, because it fills me with pride. Feels like I'm what like I'm watching. Uh, like miracles happen i'm watching like brand new things like the a brand new universe being created every time they achieve something and that's what i kind of feel like so good for kira i'm very proud of this woman i don't tell her enough how uh, amazing she is but she is and i'm glad that she is a part of my life because as much as i've ever known her to be is she's always always a uh, a wonderful presence in my life so so let's just i'm just gonna call it a day uh and uh go to the movie quote of the week it's gonna be from harry potter because she's a harry potter nerd this is from harry potter and the Sor sorcerer's stone when dumbledore said to Harry, it is not due to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Don't dwell on the things that you want to do, could be doing. Gotta take the time to live these dreams, live this life. We're here for only a moment. A moment in time. I'm reminded every day that any minute could be the last one on earth. Don't spend yours wondering, dreaming away. Live it. You never know. You could live to be 103 years old. Or that cheeseburger that you're eating right now is the last thing that you put in your mouth. You never know. Don't just forget to live a life because you're too busy thinking of the things that you can do. This has been In Your Head with Shannon Stanford. I'm Shannon Stanford. I'll see you all later. Yay!